What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, January 12th. I'm Gideon Resnick. And I'm Josie Duffy-Rice. And this is What A Day, where we're searching for a cure to our intrusive thoughts about the New York Times COVID curve. Yes, obviously, let's deal with the curve itself first. But if there is a treatment for thoughts about said curve, that would be helpful, too. To be clear, I'm looking for the fastest shortcut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On today's show, Chicago students will head back to school today. Plus, Amazon workers in Alabama can officially redo their union vote starting early next month. But first, President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris traveled to my city, Atlanta, Georgia, yesterday to make a stand for voting rights and to push Congress to pass two pieces of legislation meant to combat ever-mounting Republican-led efforts to restrict voting access. In his speech delivered after he visited the crypt of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., President Biden said this. The United States Supreme Court in recent years has weakened the Voting Rights Act. And now the defeated former president and his supporters used the big lie about the 2020 election to fuel torment and anti-voting laws, new laws designed to suppress your vote, to subvert our elections. Those two congressional bills to protect voting rights have been stuck for months because nearly all but one, and only sometimes one, sometimes zero, Senate Republicans have been against them. Plus, the White House prioritized passing the infrastructure and the social spending packages. Yeah, and to recap those two bills, there's the Freedom to Vote Act, which, among other things, would establish a national rule for vote by mail and early voting. Then there's also the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, which would restore preclearance components of the Voting Rights Act that had been taken away by the Supreme Court in 2013, as Biden alluded to. Uh, To bypass a GOP blockade of those bills, President Biden called for a temporary carve-out to change the filibuster for just this issue. Here he is again. I believe that the threat to our democracy is so grave that we must find a way to pass these voting rights bills. Debate them. Vote. Let the majority prevail. And if that bare minimum is blocked, We have no option but to change the Senate rules, including getting rid of the filibuster for this. Yeah, so that would allow voting rights bills to pass with a simple majority composed of Democrats in the 50-50 Senate with Harris to break that tie. Though those changes would also require all 50 Democrats to be on board. And already Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have resisted those changes. Biden, without invoking any names, asked this of senators who were against getting these bills passed. Do you want to be the side on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? This is the moment to decide to defend our elections, to defend our democracy. As we reported on the show, absent from the audience to Biden's speech on voting rights were several voting rights groups. 
a coalition of Georgia organizations and activists, including the Black Voters Matter Fund and the Asian American Advocacy Fund, sat out his visit. And we wanted to learn more about their concerns ahead of this year's midterm election. So we have with us Latasha Brown. She is an absolute legend in Georgia and also the co-founder of Black Voters Matter. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to What A Day. Oh, legend, you make me feel so old. <laughs> we love you. We love you here in Georgia. Legends don't have to be old, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to be old. Yeah, so I'll, so yeah I'll young that. legend. I'll I'll take that. Young legend. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So you are one of the many activists, including Stacey Abrams, who skipped out on Biden and Harris's visit. She had a scheduling conflict, but you chose not to go on principle. So can you talk a little bit about why that is? You know, it was not our intention to be combative or be antagonistic to the president. Matter of fact, we're the ones that helped put him in office. We want his him to succeed. We want his mm-hmm. agenda to move forward. But we also know how critical it is for us to have voting rights legislation. What we were saying and continue to say is that it is time out for talk. It is incumbent upon you and that we are holding you accountable to get it done. This should have been a priority for the president all the while. We know now that it wasn't a priority for him last year. I'm happy that he has decided that he's standing in this space to say there's a priority. But at this point, that's not enough. At this point, we expect them to deliver. Yeah. And in terms of the delivering aspect of it, the plan seems to be from President Biden, this filibuster carve out for those two voting bills that are on the table. Does that represent enough tangible action to get this done? No, I think it's a start. I think that's part of what we've been asking for for months. But I don't think it's enough. We have a political party in this country that is operating in such a way that they're using the tools of divisiveness, of racism, of misinformation, and they are actively and openly attempting to dismember and dismantle democracy in this country. And we're treating this like we're just talking about another bill. No, this is a serious, serious threat on democracy. And so what we're going to expect, we expect that there will be federal voting rights legislation at the very minimum to make sure that there is some protection and it doesn't stop there. We're going to have to have political structure reform. The fact that two senators would have that much power to be able to undermine an agenda that is being supported by millions and millions of people in this country, that in itself says that there's something fundamentally wrong with the political structure in this country. Mm. Yeah, and I think those two senators you might be alluding to are Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Manchin has been, quite frankly, he's been a liar. Part of what we asked early on was that even with the infrastructure bill, that you needed to attach voting rights legislation, Hmm. that anything that was coming out needed to be attached to voting rights legislation, right, so that Manchin and his rich crony friends couldn't just have a feast off the backs and the work of hardworking Americans at the expense of not having to stand up for voting rights. So we think that that was one of the first colossal mistakes around this. But we also, but Manchin, we literally have to send a message to Manchin and Cinema. Not only should they not be serving, but they don't even serve the constituents in their own states. And the American people need to hold him to account. You know, President Biden had been this figure in the Senate for so long. So is it incumbent upon him to be singling out mansion and cinema and and how should he be doing that? And would that make the difference here? It is not my goal to beat up on Biden. (laughs) You know, I want Biden to be his best self. 
But that's just it. I need Biden to be his best self. I need Biden to stand in the space and literally not use the fullness of his bully pulpit, like use the powers that he has, his presidential powers, and to put that pressure, right? But I also need Schumer to do what he needs to do to actually wrangle his party in. Mm. But aside from that, I need them to get the votes. Whether that means that you need to go and get two Republicans, but at the end of the day, I need you to get it done. Right. So on that point, right, I'm also in Georgia. We delivered the presidency. We delivered two senators. It was historic what happened in Georgia in 2020. And the Republicans are reacting in kind, right? So there's a lot at stake if nothing is passed. This very week, the Republican-led state legislature here in Georgia is meeting to take up multiple voter restriction bills, right? right. Including one that would eliminate drop boxes in the state. That's how I've always voted, going to the drop boxes. Those are going to be gone. So what are some of the problems that Georgia voters and voters nationwide could face when they go to the polls during this year's midterm elections. You know, we're seeing so many things. You know, that's part of why we're raising we need federal legislation. And even with those two federal bills, it won't be enough. It's like death by a thousand cuts. That was the purpose of the Voting Rights Act in the first place, that putting in measures that will restrict access to the ballot. We're seeing that right now. We're seeing where there is a closure, massive closures of polling sites. We've seen that since 2013, when there was a gutting of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Many of us that were there at the Supreme Court kept saying that if this is gutted out. If you take out the preclearance clause, which is the clause that would give more federal oversight to these states that have been bad actors, if you take that out, what we're going to see is we're going to see massive closing of polling sites. Mm-hmm. That's what we've seen. Now, what you saw with this new law is that the party in power can, if they don't like the results of the election, guess what they can do? They can actually challenge and turn all those elections. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, what they can actually do in the counties where you have election officials, they can indiscriminately just pull people off and replace folks on these election boards so that they can actually weaken the process of oversight. So I'm raising this for us to understand that we are in the middle of a battle that is not just about the elections. This isn't just about the Democrats or the Republicans' power. This is literally around the fundamental infrastructure that will support democracy in this nation is literally being unraveled every single day. And that's happening in our county. So we're both in Fulton County, and you're seeing the state already come after Fulton County, which is has the highest population in the state. So if there were more voting rights protections passed on the federal and local levels, right, what can that do for Fulton County? What does that mean if Biden takes this seriously, if we see actual voting rights legislation? We need the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voter Advancement Act. You know, the John Lewis Voter Advancement Act, what that does is it basically restores the Voting Rights Act. And the Freedom to Vote Act, what it does is it takes down some of the barriers and creates a more fair plan process for people to participate, have access to the ballot. For example, we have some states in the country right now, like Michigan, that you have same day registration. You have other states that you have a long, arduous registration process. Why should an American that lives in one state and an American that lives in another state have a completely two different experiences on access to voting? Right. So we're saying that with the Freedom to Vote Act, we need need to make sure that there is at least a floor, that there is some standard Mm -hmm. where that all citizens of this country can have free and fair and equitable access to the ballot, and that there's some protection mechanism and some oversight mechanism that those states or those 
areas of those politicians that have used this process to actually advance themselves at the expense of undermining voting rights, that there is something that can hold them account. So for people that are listening, whether they're in Georgia or outside of Georgia, what else can they do to kind of get involved here, get a stake in this and, and actually make an impact? A number of things I think that people can do. Number one, you should get involved. If you don't have a political home, I say it all the time, like a broken record, you should find a political home. This is not the moment that your political analysis is coming from Twitter. Find an organization that you can be a part of, that you can actually shape your understanding, your beliefs, your positions with a collective, with a community so that there's joint accountability. The second thing is support those people that are on the front lines. I would love to say, rah, rah, we're going to keep going. We are going to keep going, but damn it, we tired. You know, right. and so I think it's important for us to support those groups, those grassroots and community-led groups that are on the front lines doing climate change work, those groups that are doing education work, those groups that are doing civic engagement work. Part of the reason why we're in the position we're in right now is because only half the population of this nation usually participates in the election. That in many ways, we've actually allowed those who have been who are abusing power to just take the reins of control and literally just kind of move us around like puppets. Mm. If America is to be a democracy, the people will have to make it be so. And so I think that leads us to that third thing. We have to radically reimagine every single system in this country. The truth of the matter is when we're looking at the Senate, the Senate is not reflective of America. Has anybody taken a good look at the Senate lately? We've got to create a representative government. Then that means we're going to also have to step outside of our comfort zone and put ourselves in places of position where we are literally taking over school boards, that we are literally seeing ourselves taking over county commissions, that we are taking over the Senate, that we literally need to make sure that whoever's serving in those positions are actually serving in the best interest of the people that represent this nation. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Latasha. Latasha Brown is the co-founder of the Black Voters Matter Fund. Thank you so much for joining us on What A Day. And thank you so much for everything you're doing in Georgia. Thank you. Thank you all for creating the platform. And listen, we work together, we win. So we will win. Yeah, we'll of course be following this story in the days and weeks ahead. But that is the latest for now. It's Wednesday, Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we are talking about the people who protect and serve us, as long as there are not any rare pocket monsters to pursue in our area. In 2017, two officers of the esteemed Los Angeles Police Department ignored a call to provide backup for a robbery in progress so that they could catch a Snorlax in the augmented reality game Pokemon Go. That is according to recently released legal documents. Um, been there myself personally. Sounds totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Just normal occurrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the officers were fired for choosing to chase after the sleeping giant called Snorlax instead of the metaphorical sleeping giant called Crime. Uh, they challenged their suspension in court, but on Friday, a California appeals court upheld it, partly based on footage from their squad car's video recording system. The details of this are kind of unbelievable. So, Josie, would you mind reading some? Gideon, I would be thrilled to read these out loud. After responding to their commanding officer's calls for backup by telling each other, quote, oh, screw it, that is a direct quote, the two LAPD officers drove around in pursuit of the Snorlax for about 20 minutes. At one point, they were also distracted by a Pokemon called Togetek. After they caught both Pokemon, they told each other, quote, the guys are going to be so jealous. So it seems like they weren't the only cops trying to catch them all. 
in 2017. Woof. During courtroom testimony, the officers claimed that they weren't actually playing Pokemon Go, but monitoring a, quote, Pokemon tracker. Mm -hmm. They also said that Pokemon Go wasn't a game, but a, quote, social media event, which more accurately describes the way these men have been roasted online since their story went public. It's <laughs> beyond belief, really. Um, too much for me to process in this moment. Josie, what is your take on this, though? You know what, Gideon? This might be the answer to the LAPD's problems. And most of their scandals, they are inflicting brutality on everyone they can find. And so maybe this is like, I'm kind of fine with this. I'm like, you guys should just keep playing Pokemon Go. This feels like an answer to all of our concerns. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's certainly the most like innocuous LAPD Google alert Truly. that you will get. I do find it interesting that apparently the LAPD will fire you for playing Pokemon Go, but will not fire you for shooting people. <laughs> right. I do feel like that's something they should work through, figure out. Right. Priorities certainly not in order for all of the people that we are talking about. I can't believe it. I look forward to reading the rest of the legal documents. But just like that, we have checked our temps. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash wad. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Kazakh President Kasim Jomar Tokayev announced yesterday that Russia will begin withdrawing its troops from Kazakhstan this week. For the past several days, the authoritarian Kazakh government has struggled to calm the violence spurred by nationwide anti-government protests. The president called on Russia for assistance and it obliged by deploying 2,500 troops. Tokayev said yesterday that the troops were successful in stabilizing the country and that their withdrawal would take, quote, no more than 10 days. But Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, did not give a clear timeline for when its troops planned to leave. Many are worried that Russia won't actually withdraw given the country's track record of lingering in nations they are sent to as, quote-unquote, peacekeepers. Meanwhile, Russia is failing to keep the peace in its talks with the U.S. and Geneva. Yesterday, the country threatened to stop negotiating if Washington does not accept its demand that Ukraine and Georgia not be allowed to join NATO. Point of clarity for the audience, uh, not the state of Georgia that we were just talking about. Thank you. Anyway. Yeah, that would be huge news. Yes. Funny joke there. Funny foreign policy joke. (laughs) Chicago students and teachers are back in school today after a long standoff between the city and the Chicago Teachers Union. For over a week, teachers and staff refused to work in person, citing concerns over rising COVID cases in the city. They wanted to continue teaching remotely, but the school district canceled classes entirely because it wanted in-person learning or nothing. Kind of the definition of cutting off your nose despite your face, but I digress. City officials have been negotiating with the union for several days in hopes of getting students back in the classroom with the breakthrough happening on Monday. The union's House of Delegates approved a proposal put forth by the city that would expand contact tracing and COVID testing, as well as provide students and staff with KN95 masks. The delegates voted to suspend their work stoppage that same day, but this comes as the country continues to grapple with the highly transmissible Omicron variant. The U.S. reported a record-breaking 1.4 million new COVID cases yesterday. 1.4 million. Unbelievable. And hospitalizations reached an all-time high with over 140,000 patients admitted over the past week. That's a number that surpasses the peak number of hospitalizations recorded last winter. Yeah, still a very, very intense and scary stretch that we are all in at this moment. Truly. Here are eight words that drive all NASDAQs wild. Today was a big day for union news. Uh, First, a new vote is on for the Amazon warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama, that are trying to unionize. The National Labor Relations Board said that new ballots are going to be mailed out on February 4th. Now, listeners might remember that the results from the first election were thrown out by the board last fall because Amazon did some questionable things, like installing a collection box at the warehouse, making it seem like the company monitored how people voted. The ballots will be counted starting at the end of March. Then meanwhile, Starbucks baristas pulled off another victory in Buffalo, New York on Monday. A store in the city became the second to unionize after disputed ballots from last month's election were resolved, making the final vote 15 to 9 in favor of the union. Starbucks workers in Cleveland, Ohio, and Hopewell Township, New Jersey, also announced this week that they are launching unionization efforts, pointing to a growing number of Starbucks nationwide that aren't just leaving room for milk. They also want room for worker solidarity. Deep. Thank you. The writer and poet Maya Angelou is set to become the first black woman to be depicted on the U.S. quarter. This is the perfect coin to flip over and over as you strike an intimidating pose outside the office, 
of your senator and refuse to leave until they get you voting rights. <laughs> Angela's likeness is part of a set of commemorative coins in the American Women Quarters Program, which reportedly includes five quarters per year. The other women who will be etched onto the food that laundry machines eat include Sally Ride, Anna Mae Wong, and Wilma Mankiller. What an incredible name. A different but only slightly less important line of collectibles is also honoring heroic women of color. Mattel has announced a new Barbie doll of journalist, educator, and civil rights leader Ida B. Wells as part of a series that previously also included Maya Angelou. Wells' great-granddaughter said in a statement that she was honored and that, quote, this is an incredible opportunity to shine a light on her truth and enduring legacy to empower a new generation to speak up for what they believe in. And I would encourage everybody to also take the Barbie with them to their senator's office as they protest <laughs> for voting rights. I just want to let everybody know quarters are great. Journalist Barbie is great. We still want our voting rights. Right, right, exactly. We we can't have this be uh, an either or yeah. scenario. That yeah. does not work. Yeah. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go, check out the latest episode of Hysteria. Erin Ryan is back from maternity leave. Welcome back, Erin. And she joins co-host Alyssa Mastromonaco to talk about the anniversary of the January 6th riots, plus comedians Megan Gailey, Kara Klink, and OBGYN and reproductive and sex health advocate Dr. Heather Irabunda to join to discuss the myths, pressures, expectations, and surprises of pregnancy and postpartum. I will definitely be listening to that and yelling to myself about all the myths, pressures, <laughs> expectations, and surprises of pregnancy and postpartum, of which there are many. New episodes of Hysteria drop every Thursday. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, leave room for milk and worker solidarity, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading, and not just Maya Angelou's name on currency, like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Gideon Resnick. And, and let, let Snorlax, Snorlax live, live his, his life. life. That's a big guy to be putting into a tiny Pokeball. Snorlax didn't ask to be involved in an LAPD lawsuit, you know? He just wants to loaf around and sleep. Let him be. I feel like this is a good time to tell people that I don't actually know what Pokemon do. Anyway, <laughs> we'll cover that in the future. This guy's famous for sleeping. Oh, yeah. Snorlax, I get it. Mm-hmm. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producers are Leo Duran and me, Gideon Resnick. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.